Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. And now, direct from Las Vegas. Welcome to Football Forecast Weekly. Each week, your host, Trip Mitchell, will introduce you to the top handicapper in Vegas, Dennis Tobler, and one of the top sportscasters in the U.S., Fred Wallen. Today's edition of Football Forecast Weekly is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. For the best in sports betting, go to MyBookie.ag, and you can win just like Dennis, Fred, and me. And welcome to another week of Football Forecast Weekly. Hi, everyone. I'm Trip Mitchell, joined by Dennis Tobler and Fred Wallen, as always. And it was a good week to be an agent for a Division I coach last week. A lot of um, Kelly getting a lot of crap about leaving Notre Dame. I, I didn't like that one much. Uh, Oklahoma moving to USC, but we'll talk to the dean of Journalists on this program, at least, Fred Wallen. Fred, what are your thoughts on the college football situation? Well, I was going to open talking about uh, Brian Kelly, so let's do that. Um, okay. Twelve years ago, he was coaching the University of Cincinnati, and the Bearcats, not known really as a football school, basketball school since Oscar Robertson's times in the early '60s. Okay, Tom Thacker beat UCLA in 1962 on the jump shot. All right, so. Now the kids are playing for Cincinnati 12 years ago. He's the coach, Brian Kelly. They're undefeated. And uh, he leaves them in the lurch right before the Sugar Bowl. They didn't have a coach. They hired an assist, their assistant. And they lose by three touchdowns, four touchdowns to Tim Tebow in Florida. So you say to yourself, well, he'll never do that again. He learned his lesson. You can't leave the kids in the lurch like that. They deserve better. Obviously, you're talking every day in practice about team, team, team. And then you go off, I, I, I. Okay, so now all he had to do this time, it's even worse with Notre Dame. All he had to do was wait for Saturday night or Sunday. He had to wait a few days to announce that he was going to LSU. I'll tell you why. Their season is over, except for the bowl game. And maybe they're going to be one of the top four. Now, the problem is, let's say Georgia beats Alabama, which they're, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite, Okay. Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama's probably out because they have two losses and Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, if they, if they beat Baylor, will only have one. So they'll fi uh, finish in the fourth position. Forget the Michigan situation at this point. Let's say assume they win and Cincinnati win. My point is the voters will have one choice to make, that fourth position. Now, if you're a voter and it's close between Oklahoma State and Notre Dame, because right now they're five and six, are you going to vote for a team, a school without a football coach, or are you going to vote for a school if they're close with a coach? I think maybe that's why Oklahoma State this week is five and Notre Dame is six, because at this point they already knew that Notre Dame would not have a coach. My point is it's unfair to the kids. Now, I don't care if you're saying, well, the kids, the rules have changed. Kids can now make money. It's still fun to win. 
fun to win as a team. And Brian Kelly has proven again and again that he only cares about himself. Dennis, I don't know if you agree, but I'll tell you this. If I'm a parent of a kid that Brian Kelly is going to recruit for LSU, I'm going to make sure the kid knows what kind of human being Brian Kelly is not. Dennis? Well, I believe I believe what you said is true. And obviously, you have much better background information than I'm aware of. But uh, yeah, for him to leave when they still have a chance to be in the final four is kind of uh, sketchy to me. And also, he's all talking about team all the time. I heard his speech to the LSU people. He says he's going to be completely transparent and everything. Well, I don't think he was transparent to the freshman at Notre Dame this year. And, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm with you. It does hurt the kids. And I look for Notre Dame to, I don't know what they're going to do, what bowl game they're going to get or whatever, but it's certainly going to hurt them. And yeah, you are absolutely right. I never even thought about that. But the committee, if they know Notre Dame doesn't have a head coach, they're not going to pick them. Well, we'll, we'll see how it runs out. Uh, there have been some stories about Kelly and back to his days in central Michigan where he invited a couple of his assistant coaches over and they thought they were coming over to enjoy some holiday festive festiveness. They were coming over to shovel snow and park cars for the guests. That's the type of guy that Chip Kelly is and God bless him down at LSU. Uh, Fred, you've got to be excited about uh, all of a sudden UFC or UFC, uh, USC having a top level young coach. This is going to be great for the program. What are your thoughts, Fred? Well, again, they said it just happened all of a sudden. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clay Helton was fired after game two. I guarantee you, Mike Bohm, the uh, uh, athletic director at USC, had talked to Lincoln Riley and to others way before last week. I can't trust any of them. You can't trust any of them. It doesn't matter. Uh, but anybody that believes that it spontaneously happened by, by uh, flicking a finger, nonsensical, you know it. I know it. The world knows it. You're listening to Football Forecast Weekly. You know it. You're listening to this show. You're smart enough. And by the way, if any other shows want to cherry pick Fred, you got to come through Dennis. We, Fred, right. yeah. <laughs> Fred, if you leave, you do not want to get on Dennis's side. OK, just want to let you know that that's okay. not We're a good spot to be. <laughs> let's let's get going with a Norris Division game. Minnesota, Detroit. Right now, Minnesota minus seven and a half, 48 the total. I've seen a 46 and a half out there. Fred, let's start with you on this one. Well, again, uh, seven and a half is a big number. Uh, the Lions have not won a game. They managed to tie a game a couple of weeks ago. Seven and a half is a, a, a big number and too big for me. So honestly, I think the Lions might cover this. It's not a strong play, but it is a play. I'll take the Lions in the seven and a half against the uh, up and down uh, Vikes and against uh, uh, the Vikes without Dalvin Cook. So that's going to make a difference. I don't think there's any question. They've got the two fine wide receivers, Thielen and Jefferson. Tough to stop. I don't know if Goff plays or not. Uh, I don't know if that matters one way or the other. Somebody's going to make a mistake if you're the Lions. They may not win, but seven and a half is a pretty big number. So I'll lean toward the Detroit Lions in this one. And Dennis? Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with Fred. Lions down to seven now. I think some of the money's going to come in on the Lions in this matchup. Once again, I want to bring everybody's attention to the total from 48 down to 46 and a half. 
Uh, Minnesota scored a lot of points last week that were not generated by the offense. They had a, a run back for a touchdown, et cetera, et cetera. And I think going on the road for the second week in a row, the Lions are going to have an advantage here. And I think if the quarterback plays for the Lions for the second week in a row, he might play a little better. Um, it just didn't look like they cared hard enough against the Bears. I, it looked like the Bears were wanting to win worse than the Lions, and that's a bad sign. So hopefully the home game here and the in-division uh, situation. And also Minnesota, you know, they're not, they're not in the best of situations. They've had some COVID situations and stuff. So at this point, I'm going to take uh, Detroit plus seven and the under 46 and a half. Okay, let's keep another uh, game in that area. Arizona, Chicago opened at seven, 46 and a half, down to 45 and a half, and seven and a half, eight. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game, Dennis? Well, Arizona is uh, sure proving themselves. Uh, the Bears obviously surprised when on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, but they did not cover. So when I said Detroit and under on Thanksgiving Day, it was a winner. In this situation, uh, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray's going to play this week. And I'm not sure it matters whether he does or whether he doesn't, because he, they win anyway. Uh, they're definitely the better team here, but laying eight on the road to the Bears, whose defense is solid at times. I mean, the Bears did beat the Las Vegas Raiders. So in this situation, too, I'm going to take the home dog, take the plus eight, and take the Bears. I'm going to take the under here too. Start at 46 and a half, down to 45. I look for it to go down even lower. Um, and I think it will be a defensive game. I take Chicago and under. Hey, and Fred. I have no strong opinion, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, just because you play for a bad team, the Bears, that doesn't mean that Darnell Mooney isn't one of the top wide receivers in the National Football League. Arizona has a good defense. I'm not questioning that. But if you're playing fantasy, I would play Mooney this week, just a hunch, maybe a touchdown or two through the air. Uh, and again, I don't have a strong opinion on a game one way or the other. Uh, Murray probably will be back. But as Dennis just indicated, Colt McCoy's playing well, you know, for, for Arizona with, with, without Murray. Murray's obviously better. But uh, uh, I, I like Darnell Mooney to catch a couple of touchdown passes. Okay, and Fred, we'll keep it here. Tampa Bay, Atlanta opened uh, nine and a half up to 10 and a half. I see an 11 here. Uh, 50 and a half seems to be where the numbers settled on. What are your thoughts there? Rock was back last week. Uh, again, Brady's magical. They're down by, what, 10 in the fourth quarter. He comes back to beat a good Colts team. Um, Brady's magical. And I, I, that's all you can say about him is from that aspect. Uh, um, again, I'm not going to give 10 or 11. Uh, that's just the rule I live by. But uh, obviously, Tampa's going to win. So if you want to play the money line, what do you have to get? 400 to something, four to one? Dennis, what would be the money? What would be the money line on this one? Oh, I don't know. Maybe 600. The line started nine and a half, went to 11. And I see this morning it's gaining more steam over Atlanta. I don't know what the situation is. Atlanta, I think they might have benched Matty Ice. And, uh, Anyway, you're right about uh, um, uh, Tom Brady being magical. He is magical because even when they were behind, the other team was afraid that they were going to come back and catch him. And instead of running the ball with the best running back in the league, they throw seven times in a row and punt. And then Wentz fumbles. And then Wentz does this. 
They've got the best running back in the league. They were up by 10 points, and they're so scared of Tom Brady that they end up losing the game outright. So I wholly agree with you here. I would not – I don't think I'm going to lay 11 ever. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, the Falcon situation is, is a question mark at time of taping. And uh, if not, I would, I would take the Falcons plus the points. But uh, Brady and Gronk can control the game. We've seen it. When Gronk was out, Brady wasn't at his best. But when Gronk's there, he's always open. Those guys are like twins. And they are the best that's ever played for sure. So they certainly can cover the 11 points. But that's a lot of points there. And I don't know Atlanta's situation very well. I'm going to pass. I wouldn't bet money on it. But if I had to, I'd probably take Atlanta plus. Okay, Dennis, while we're here, we'll talk about another combination of a great quarterback and a great tight end. And that's in Kansas City, Denver visiting Kansas City this week. Uh, line opened at nine and a half. And uh, I, I see a 10 out there opened at 49 and a half. And now I see a lot of 47 and a half. What are your thoughts there? Well, I think the game will go under. It started 49 and a half down to 47. Um, We've already made a lot of positions on the under for the first half and the under for the game. Denver's defense is tremendous. Kansas City hasn't shown anything except for one time by beating a weak Raiders team. Ten points at home is far too many in a game that's not going to have that much scoring. Denver is okay. They have Locke at quarterback. They have Bridgewater at quarterback. One's hurt. The other one can come in. And their defense is still strong without Vaughn. So I think the Denver Broncos have a really good chance here. I think the line on this game, well, the line I made on the game was KC minus four. So if wow. you want to take into consideration that kind of stuff, you know, even if I'm wrong by two points to six, I'm still getting a hell of an advantage there at plus 10, and I'm going to take it. It's one of my big plays. Broncos plus 10. Fred? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, I looked this up, against the spread – uh, the last 21 times he started, 16, 4, and 1 against the spread. Again, if you believe in numbers, that's a pretty 80% basically. Uh, it's pretty tough to go against 16, 4, and 1. So I got to grab the 10. And again, Kansas City's defense is much better. They were giving up 30. Now they're giving up 20. But that doesn't mean that their offense is back 100%. It's not. They'll find Kelsey. I don't think there's any question about that. But as far as scoring a lot of points, I don't know if they can against a pretty good Denver defense. So I think I'd have to take the uh, the 10 and the Broncos in this circumstance. Okay, and we're going to stay with you, Fred. We'll do one more before our first break. want to uh, um, thank our sponsors for the show. Let's take a look at Indianapolis and Houston. Indianapolis opened at a minus seven. Now it's up to eight and a half, nine in some spots. Opened at a 47 and down to 45 and a half, 46. Well, you know, as Dennis indicated earlier, at the end of the game against the uh, uh, the Bucks, they should have given the ball to the best running back uh, in the National Football League. They will, in this case, he will score three or four touchdowns. They, in this game, Houston will play the penalty uh, for uh, the Colts making a horrendous uh, decision late in the game uh, against the Patriots last week. So bottom line, uh, They'll win by three touchdowns. So, so I'm taking uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Wentz uh, will not fumble the ball away. And again, uh, my guy will score 
three to four touchdowns. Okay. Dennis? Dennis? <laughs> well, the game certainly is steaming up. It started at seven, went to eight, nine. Now it's nine and a half. And the total's going down from 47 to 45 and a half because Texas probably can't score very much in this game. They can only run the ball. It's going to run the time. Indianapolis is going to run the ball. They better run the ball. They better run the damn ball. Even the people in the in the crowd have hats on that says, run the damn ball. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Anyway, Wentz can't screw this one up, okay? Uh, Houston's so bad that Wentz won't be able to screw it up because he will hand off to Taylor over and over and over again. I look for him to have 200 yards rushing in this game, and I think Indianapolis wins by two or three touchdowns. Okay. Well, strong opinions on that one. We uh, want to thank all our sponsors and especially mybookie.ag for helping us put the show out each and every week. We'll be back after this short break. Get the latest breaking news in the sports betting world. MyBookie monitors and releases information pertaining to online sports books and professional football. The good as well as the bad. If you look at that young man on the screen with a $100 haircut to... Uh, to his left, to the viewer's right, you see a bunch of awards, and behind him, you see a poster for an amazing documentary, Now Place Your Bets, which has won a lot of awards, a lot of film festivals. Dennis, tell us about your project. Well, Now Place Your Bets, the history of a sports betting in America has hit the big time. We finished our 15-month run on Amazon Prime, free streaming. And we have now landed it on our own website, nowplaceyourbets.com. Just go to nowplaceyourbets.com. You can buy a DVD. You can download the digital version for yourself to keep. You can see this movie more and more. And it's getting more and more uh, credit and publicity as time goes on, because this is the story of how sports betting became legal in America. I mean, a lot of states, 26 of them now are legal betting. And it didn't happen that way overnight. And this movie shows how it happened. So it's a very interesting uh, intellectual documentary, actually. And its historical value is tremendous. So I urge everyone to go to nowplaceyourbets.com and watch the show. Fantastic. And let's get to our next game. Philly and the Jets opened at six and a half. And I, I see a seven out there started at 45. And now I see some 45s and a half. Dennis? Well, it looks like Philadelphia is going to play in the Meadowlands two weeks in a row, huh? So that must be their semi-home field. <laughs> I don't know. But our, our buddy Stephen from Philadelphia, who is an underground Giants fan, uh, was given tickets to the Giants-Philly game last week because the Giants uh, fans didn't want to use them. So he gladly accepted them and won, went to the game, and the Giants won. And he's a Giants fan. So that being said, he still told me that uh, the Giants are no good. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, in this situation here, Philadelphia is going on the road to the Meadowlands again to play the Jets. I think the Jets are better, you know, and I don't like the seven or six and a half on the road. Philly just hasn't proved they can do any of that. If you watched Hertz last week, I, my God, don't they have a better quarterback than that rookie? Because I don't think they're going to be able to make it work with him, at least this year. Anyway, I'm going to take the Jets plus the six and a half plus the seven in this game. And, and you know, Philadelphia, if they cover, good for them. I'm taking the Jets at home. Okay. And Fred. 
some question about if Hertz is going to play. He's, I think, a bad ankle, uh, bad foot. I saw him get hurt in the game last week where he did not play well as Dennis Indica. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Philadelphia's got more talent. Uh, if Hertz plays as he has sometimes this year, again, going into last week, people were saying, hey, they're back in the run. They're back in the run for the playoffs. Folks, you have to remember, they've added a team in the playoffs in each conference uh, uh, now to seven. The, the, the team that had the best record gets to buy and the other six play in the first round. So Philadelphia going to last week had a fair shot if everything went right of them going on. But after the loss uh, last week to the Giants, uh, you have to question that. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Eagles have the better team, uh, but who knows? Jets are playing slightly better. Hey, Dennis, what do I think the odds would be on a Sunday, the two New York teams winning and the two Los Angeles teams losing as they did last Sunday? Dennis, what do you think the odds on a parlay? You bet parlays. What do you think you get on something? Oh, it, it, it would have probably been if you wanted to put all four of them in there, you know, forty to one or something like that, because it's it's unbelievable. Both actually, all three New York teams won last week, so that changed first time that's happened, I think. Okay, well let's let's uh, take a look at uh, a game that uh, one of Fred's favorite teams, the Chargers versus Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, it opened at Cincinnati minus a point and a half. I see a lot of threes out there. Started at 48, and now I see some 50s. Fred, we're going to start with you on this one. Burrow played very well last week, three touchdown passes. Herbert did not play well. Uh, again, he's been up and down. For the guy that I think will end up in the Hall of Fame, he's been <laughs> up and down much of this season. So uh, uh, you got to presume there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, Dennis, what's the total on this one? Yeah, the total, the 49 it opened, it's 51 now. I agree. I'm going over with Cincinnati and the Chargers. Um, the Chargers have to get things going. I mean, there, there's no, they've lost games. You'd say it, it, they should not lose. And uh, last year, of course, with Anthony Lynn, you had the coach to blame. This year, with Staley, people are saying, well, he's better than Anthony Lynn, but they're still losing games that they should win. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll score some points. And I know Cincinnati will score against the Chargers defense. So over the 50, I think, uh, is a pretty good play. I'm betting the total and over. Yeah, hey, I agree. I think Cincinnati's going to get a lot of steam money. They're playing very well. They're playing with confidence now. You're right. Burroughs played much better. And I watched his press conference, and he seemed to have some confidence which he hasn't had very much uh, going in. So I like him. The Chargers are going on the road again for the second week in a row. And uh, Denver just destroyed him, honestly. Um, I, I'm not impressed with Herbert. I mean, he's throwing interceptions the other way. He fumbles. He can't lead his team down the field for the scores when they need it. Cincinnati is getting a lot from Joe Mixon, the running back. And that's helped very much with uh, the quarterback situation there. Looks like they're high flying now and I'm gonna ride with the Bengals while they're hot. Look, that's a big money move from one and a half to three also. So you have to respect the money in this situation. The Bengals and over. There's your overplay fans. Okay, we've got one. And Dennis, let's talk about the Giants in Miami. Miami opened minus two and a half, and it's up to uh, four and opened at 43, way down. I see some 41s now. Tell me about this game. Yeah, well, this morning we had a little 
more information come in that the New York quarterback has a stiff neck and he may not play. And the line's up to five on Miami now. Five. The total's down to 40. Uh, I'm not sure it matters. Who's the Giants' second-team quarterback? Because the first-team quarterback stinks. He's certainly not worth two points. Miami's turned it around, however. And, they, and with Fred's great explanation of the playoff system this year, Miami may make the playoffs. So the, they're steaming up high. They started at two, went to three. When the information came out about the quarterback's neck, it jumped to five. It may be an overreaction here, but look, my friend in Philadelphia who went to the game last week said the Giants were lucky. They blew the opportunity, or Philly blew the opportunity right before half to start a, a blowout, and that turned the whole game around. He says, don't overestimate the Giants. They're no good. So I'm taking the Dolphins here. Got to go with the steam money, but really the underplay looks strong because I don't think the Giants can score. Okay. And Fred? Well, I don't like the jump or the points, but I'll take Miami also. You know, Mike Lennon uh, it would be the second team quarterback if Jones does not go uh, in the circumstance. But the, the, the bottom line also is that fantasy wise, again, just because you don't have a great team doesn't mean you can't have a very fine wide receiver. Waddle for Miami will score a touchdown or two in this game. And Fred might win a, again $1.43 if he's very lucky on FanDuel. So I, I'll, I'll give the points. Take Waddle will score a couple of touchdowns in this encounter. Okay. And Fred will stay in the third person and stay with you. Washington, Vegas. Vegas opened minus a point and a half. Uh, it's now at minus two and a half. It's a strange number, and the total opened at a 48. Now it's at 49, 49 and a half. First of all, uh, the Raiders have an advantage in that uh, uh, they're playing, uh, they played on Thanksgiving, so they're going to have a 10 day uh, wait until this game takes place. Where in, in Washington's case, they played on Monday, fortunate to beat Seattle. So, from that aspect, uh, the Raiders. Uh, uh, should get an extra bonus a point or two, whatever you, you want to give them. However, I got to say this, the officiating in the national football league is beyond belief. If you're a longtime official in the NFL, you make a quarter of a million dollars or $300,000 a, a season. I've never seen worse officiating, And I didn't have a strong opinion on Dallas versus uh, Oakland or Dallas versus Las Vegas on Thanksgiving, but the officiating turned that game around. They have to know that face guarding is, is against the rules in the college game is not in the National Football League. They have to be consistent on these past interference penalties because they're driving me nuts. And I got to tell you, I watched all three games and I watch this because I do shows like this one, Football Forecast Weekly. Other people watch it for the fun of doing that on Thanksgiving. I got to believe some people just turn the darn TV off because of the bad officiating. Dennis, you have an opinion on the officiating? Yeah. In the NFL? I certainly do have an opinion on the officiating in the NFL. And I, I, the first question I have is where did all these ponytail referees come from? All right. I see ponytails <laughs> hanging out the backs of their hats in nearly every game. And in nearly every college game last week, I saw the same thing. So what I want to know is who are they displacing off of the officials roster so they can put these women in here to be the referees now i'm not 
against women in any regard, except for they don't know how to call the football games. When they're, I said last week, when they're backfield judging, they're calling holding, they don't have any idea. When they're calling a low block or a chop block, they don't have any idea. And the worst part of it is when they're a headlinesman. I think when you see them as a headlinesman, they just walk up and put the ball down anywhere. I mean, sometimes they're a yard and a half away from where they went down or a yard and a half from the stick. I think the, I, and also these, these calls about uh, pass interference, they need to be looked at again or something because you can't change the whole game around because a ref throws a flag at the end. You know, the Sunday night game or a Monday night game, whenever Russell Wilson played, they didn't score a single touchdown the entire game until 40 seconds were left in the fourth quarter. They drove 90 yards and got a touchdown. Why did they get the touchdown? Because they got penalties, okay? That's the only reason they did. And say, I can name so many games and even college games where the officiating determined the outcome makes it very tough on gamblers. And we all have a right to be upset with it. They need to straighten that up. They're paid far too much. And also, I have a question. How can you move somebody into every one of those official units that has a ponytail? Give me a break. You're displacing people who have worked their life off to have that job, make them women start in the women's NFL league, and then maybe go up to minimum college level or college or junior college level and earn your way to the NFL. That game is far too fast, far too rough, far too mean for women to get the drift of what's going on. Sorry, ladies. On that note, and by the way, what are your thoughts on the, the, game, the game? I, I, I think we picked out your thoughts on officiating, but this is what I want to say about the Raiders. The Raiders have the number one quarterback in the NFL. Who's the number one quarterback in the NFL? Derek Carr. He has more yards than anybody else. That man is simply a great player. Okay. He's never been surrounded by talent. He's never given up. It's his sheer will that powers that team forward. His sheer will powered them to their win in Dallas, because I will tell you right now, that's the only game I lost over Thanksgiving weekend. Again, the Raiders come back to bite me. They're in <laughs> hell and they come out of it and go to Dallas and beat the Dallas Cowboys straight up. Are you kidding me? You know what I'd be doing? I'd be pretty sad if I was a Dallas Cowboy fan. But in I'm this kidding. game here, Fred's right. They had 10 days. And Washington had to play a late game on, on what, Monday night or Sunday night. Anyway, they have far less time to, to do it. They go on the road. They play the Raiders here who can score points. We know that. The Raiders are getting back some of their people. If they can just keep Rivera's defense, Ron Rivera, the coach of the Washington team, he likes to blitz all the time. If they can just handle a few of those blitzes so Derek can throw his wounded ducks down the field, I think the Raiders can beat him. I'm staying away from this game. I have been snake bit by the Raiders this year. And uh, in, in this instance, obviously the Raiders should win here. But who will show up? Who will show up? We don't know for sure. I'm passing on the game, guys. I'm doing it for your own good. Okay. We're going to take another break. Uh, th thanks to the folks at MyBookie. And the, the Equal Rights Amendment is uh, going to be signing up as a sponsor here very soon. We'll be right back. This is a review of Dennis Tobler's Now Place Your Bets by Canada Real Casino 
online service. Now Place Your Bets is a must-watch documentary for anyone interested in the world of casino and online sports betting. It is a chronicle of the dramatic rise in popularity of sports betting in the cities of Las Vegas and Atlantic City. It has now become a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. And welcome back to the show, Trip Mitchell, Dennis Tobler, and Fred Wallen. And let's talk about Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Baltimore opening a minus three. It's up to four and a half. Opened at a 45, down to a 44. Dennis? Well, one thing's for sure. The Ravens sure got lucky this week to cover the spread, getting that late field goal. And uh, they didn't look very good, even though Lamar's back at full speed. Uh, the Steelers, however are very poor team and Fred's been right all year. Ben is, he just doesn't have it. That's all there is to it. And the team that they came back and beat two weeks ago has fell on their face. So that proves Pittsburgh's no good. Look, the Ravens are expected to come back full force. They have a better defense. They can pressure Ben all day long in this situation. Uh, the line move from three to four and a half is a huge road line move. I'm not going to make a decision on this game right now because uh, the Ravens didn't show me anything. They may be leading the league, but I think people are going off of the record rather than how they played. So this is a tough game. And if it stays at four and a half, I would tend to lean towards the Steelers, but I'm not going to play the game either way. And, and Fred? I don't have a strong opinion either, but I predict that uh, Lamar Jackson will not throw four interceptions in this one, although Big in Ben one might. Quarter. In one what? quarter, he threw four interceptions. And, and let, me, let me state this, too. Early in the season, they were talking about MVP Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. It's going to be a quarterback. It can't be Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. You know, you're going to say Brady. You can say, I hate to say this, Rodgers. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, as uh, what's his name said, Joe Buck, uh, uh, they're off this week. He's going to get his uh, right toe immunized. Um, uh, <laughs> but but I hope it's not Roger, but it can't be Lamar Jackson as the MVP in this league. I'm sorry. It's not just the four interceptions last week because you can't go on the worst performance a guy you've ever seen or the best for you got it somewhere in the middle. But he's not necessarily a thinking quarterback. I mean, he's a physical quarterback. That's fine. He just makes too many mistakes. My guy Herbert's the same way. You can't get – going into the season, I've told you, I think 10 years from now people are going to be saying he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right now, he's not. And right now, Lamar Jackson is not. They'd be – if Murray was healthy, it'd be Murray, Rodgers, and Brady as my top three MVP possibilities. I don't know about you, Dennis, but what do you think? I think those are the three top MVP possibilities. And I hope COVID toes Rogers doesn't get it too. <laughs> okay. And uh, Fred, we're going to stay with you. Your hometown team uh, playing Jacksonville this weekend. Jacksonville, uh, let's see, right now the Rams, it opened Rams minus 12. It's now up to 13 and a hook. Opened at a 48 and now it's at 47 and a hook. Uh, it's a lot of points. Uh, it's yes. a lot of points uh, with Stafford being not 100%. Um, and basically, uh, how many interceptions did he throw in the last three games? I mean, quite a few. A couple of them returned for touchdowns. Um, uh, they lost to a good Green Bay team, but if Stafford had played better, they might have knocked off 
the Packers as I wish they would have. But uh, I have no strong opinion. I'm not giving two touchdowns to anybody, and uh, we'll go on from there. Okay, and Fred, uh, Dennis. I, I, uh, I don't understand why the Rams are 13-point favorites in this game. Jacksonville can play some defense. The Rams uh, haven't shown me anything. I don't think Stafford's any good. I don't think the guy they traded him away for is any good. I don't think half these quarterbacks are any good. Of course, I've said that every week on the TV show. You know, I mean, quarterbacks, they have very little to do with the game. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> well, Jacksonville and the Rams. Jacksonville. You just said okay. Dennis. Yeah, the quarterback, you know, he came there. He's got all the talent in the world. He's got a tough defense to turn the ball over to him. And yet the Rams have a big problem winning. Okay. So I'm not going to uh, lay 13 points at home or anywhere else on the Rams, especially at this point. Jaguars are going to cover the line. I don't know how they'll do it. Backdoor cover, whatever. 13 points is too many. Okay. And Dennis, we'll stay with you. San Francisco, Seattle. Um, very, very disappointing season so far for Seattle. What are your thoughts there? The, by the way, Seattle minus a point and a half. Uh, it's now down, uh, minus three, opened at 46, now at 45 and a half. Yeah, the 49ers opened at two. They are at three and a half now. If anybody watched the Seattle game, you can see that Russell's not at full speed. And one of the reasons Russell's not at full speed is because they don't have an offensive line. OK, and I know that Russell's fingers bothering him because I could see some overthrows on sideline passes that he never misses. So I know that must still be bothering. But his biggest problem is he's got like one and a half seconds to get rid of the ball. I mean, and I'll tell you another thing. Next year, Russell will be gone from Seattle. Next year, Pete Carroll will be gone from Seattle. So keep that in your thinking right now, because Seattle's done. They're not going to make the playoffs. And uh, even with the expanded version of it, and those two players are going to, that player and coach tandem is going to be gone at the end of the year. They have internal problems on that team. And Russell is the one that's the most unhappy because he can't find an offensive line. He can't find a defense that used to have the defensive backfield to turn the ball back over to him so he could score points. So they're in a, terrible mess and they're in a terrible morale situation and the Seahawks are going to lose at home San Francisco's coming along now they didn't play the greatest again last week so there's kind of a toss-up but they did get back in and get the cover so I'm going to take San Francisco on the road even though it's three and a hook I think that San Francisco is going to beat them pretty soundly I just hate seeing uh, Russell play under those those situations because he gets up like a man and walks away. But when you don't have the time to even stand there and look at the field to throw, you have no chance. And he's had no chance. Okay, and Fred. The Seahawks at the bottom of the 32 teams in time of possession, 24 minutes per game. The 49ers near the top at 33 minutes per game. That could normally make a big difference, except uh, – Samuel's out for the 49ers and that's a major major loss not only as a receiver but as a running back two or three times a game so honestly um oh by the way the Seahawks talking to Adrian Peterson about signing with them as a running back but as Dennis indicated that offensive line 
is that going to make any difference at all? But I'm still going to lean. And again, folks, I'm telling you this up front. I'm not objective on the Seahawks. I like Wilson. I'm going to give him a fourth chance to show me that his finger's back with the bad offensive line or not. So I'm going to take the few points at home. And, I, and also, let me just say this about Pete Carroll. And maybe somebody out there can remind me when. Has he ever taken the blame for anything? In the media <laughs> conference after the game, he's pointing his finger at Wilson. No. Listen, uh, let me say, Metcalf didn't catch a pass until 59 minutes of that game was over. Okay, that's impossible. So the bottom line is, Pete Carroll's got to say, hey, just call a play where Metcalf can back up three yards, catch a short pass, just so he can feel the, the darn football. I couldn't believe what I was watching. You got to get the ball to your best. Lockett's very good. Metcalf's better. You got to get the ball to him. And that's not on Wilson. That's on Carroll calling the play. So the point is, I'm taking Seattle here. I'm giving Russell one more chance. I hope Dennis is right that uh, Carroll, at least, is gone from Seattle by next year. Yeah, and it was a, an amazing run they had. Should have been two Super Bowl wins. Obviously, <laughs> the worst play call in the history of the Super Bowl. Um, but anyway, let's talk about. Two teams, I'd say at the beginning of the year, I am such a Buffalo fan. I have, you know, it's a team that I have some emotional connection to. Thought they were going to have a great season. I did not see New England playing as well as they are. And in this game, Buffalo minus three, it's kind of, it stayed at a two and a half, a three, uh, 43 the total. What are your thoughts on this AFC matchup? Well, my think- thoughts are, uh, my thoughts are that both of these teams are very good teams. Both of these teams are Super Bowl capable. Okay, so this is going to be a heck of a game on Monday night. And I, I'll say this about the New England Patriots. It just goes to show you that when you coach a team in fundamentals and you perform the fundamentals the way you're supposed to, you can beat other teams no matter who your personnel is. And that's what Bilicek does. That team plays with every position fundamentally correct play, okay? And that enables the quarterback, who's really not that good, to drop back and lob the ball to the spot that it's supposed to be, not to the receiver, to the spot. So that's how they've done it, and they've done it very well, and they're slowly moving into contention in the Super Bowl ranks. Now there's props on the board of whether the Patriots or Brady which one of them will win the Super Bowl? So those are the two <laughs> leaders to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots are Brady at Tampa Bay. Anyway, in this, game, in this game, Dan- Buffalo started at three and a half until the Patriots uh, laid it on, laid the wood on again last week. And then it's down to two and a half. And the, the Patriots are just playing awfully well. And they will keep the ball on the ground. They will run the ball. They will open up the game to the, and throw the short passes as a running game. I'm scared of this game here. Uh, I think the game should have been a pick. I don't know whether Buffalo could beat New England at this stage of the game. And I'm going to take the points here hesitantly. But I will take the under. The total started at 46. It's down to 43 and a half. And I do believe that the Patriots are going to control the game in the ball. And uh, I think the under is a solid play. It doesn't sound right, but it will be because they're going to play fundamental football. And I think they can shut down the Bills quarterback. Okay, Fred. 
You know, Buffalo has been up and down all season long in Allen. They do have a, and, and again, if they win it or get close to winning it, he's one of the four quarterbacks that would be the MVP. I think so, a, a possibility. Um, I think he's going to play the rest of the season on an up note. So I'll, I'll take the bills here just on a hunch. And I disagree with Dennis. I think uh, barring snow, uh, you, you never know, but you never know in, in that part of the country, but if it's snowing or raining hard, whatever the case might be, that would change things. So wait till wait till Sunday morning, folks. I would go over the 43. That's a pretty low number for a quarterback like Josh Allen. So I'll go over in this game, Patriots uh, against the Bills, and a slight lean toward the Bills as far as the winning. And by the way, during the course of the show, Fred, have you gotten any offers from other shows? Anything we need to know about? <laughs> Well, the phone was ringing. I couldn't answer it. My wife's not okay. here. So I don't know. Could be two or three. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, make sure that if, if you leave the show, sit us down in a room and tell us like men. Okay. I, 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 I'll give you, I'll give you notice. Okay. Thank you. Dennis, you've got, we've got this on tape. If, if Fred gets a better offer, uh, he's got to sit us down and offer us a release. And we well, Fred's always been ourselves. a stand-up type of guy, so I'm sure he'd stand up and tell the truth. He's not like Kelly and some of the rest of them. Okay. Hey, guys, as always, it has been a lot of fun. want to thank Lee Spencer. He's the guy who spins the dials and makes all this magic or diatribe happen. And as usual, Dennis, a lot of fun. Fred, thanks so much. I'm Trip Mitchell saying have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thank you for listening to Football Forecast Weekly, an affiliate of TSI Network. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.